Welcome to Founders and Friends Podcast. Before we get to our guests, special shout out to Cruise Consulting. We do all your startup accounting, startup taxes, and tons of consulting work, kind of whatever comes up, like financial models, budget actuals, maybe some state registration, sales tax, VC, due diligence support, whatever comes up for your company, we're there for you. 750 clients strong now, $10 billion in capital raised by our clients. I can't believe it. $2 billion this year. It's been a crazy, awesome year. So check us out at cruiseconsulting.com. And now on to our guest. So when your troubles are mounting in tax or accounting, you go to cruise. Founders and friends, it's Cruise Consulting. Founders and friends with your host, Scotty Orr. Welcome to Founders and Friends Podcast with Scott Orn at Cruise Consulting. And today, my very special guest is Joyce Zangre of Alaris. Welcome, Joyce. Thanks so much, Scott. Great to be here. Oh, my pleasure. This is, this is, I've been looking forward to this. So you are building a super cool company. Maybe you can start off just by retracing your career a little bit and telling everyone how you had the idea for Alaris. Sure. Well, uh, I guess the idea for Alaris came even from a really young age. Growing up as a second generation immigrant in the U.S., I always wanted to bridge the divide between different countries. So I remember as a kid, I uh, thought, you know, one day when I grow up, I'll be a translator because I thought it was really unfortunate that my grandfather was a doctor in China, but in the U.S., because he couldn't speak English, he couldn't work. And mm. you know, um, he, he would do sort of like as a kid, if we had scrapes and bruises, he would patch us up. But I thought like, you know, maybe one day I can be a translator so I can help my grandfather open a clinic in the U.S. So this is like a really, really early, uh, you know, Joyce as a kid idea. And then later on, when I was a little bit older in high school, I, I wrote my college essays about one day I want to be an international business person, bridging the divide between Asia and the U.S. because these are such huge markets and they're they really don't understand each other super well. So I studied government and economics at Harvard, and I worked for the Fed right after school um, and was working on a lot of international financial, financial regulatory reform and international um, treaties. And just this notion of international business and international exchange was so exciting to me. I later took a job actually in China and then later in Singapore for American tech companies that were trying to launch overseas. And wow. that was when I started to realize, well, number one, the way that businesses are launched and global expansion happens, even for tech companies, is completely untech or non-tech, I should say. It's very manual. First, you fly an expat over, um, which involves getting in line at the embassy or consulate and getting a visa. And then you're only allowed to work for a limited period of time because you're on a business visa and you're not a citizen of the country. But then you go to a country where you don't necessarily speak the language or know the local culture or the local laws. So you have to find a bunch of different partners. Uh, you know, the cruise equivalents for some of your you know, accounting, for example, but you don't even know where to begin. How do you find people who are trustworthy? How do you vet? How do you screen? Um, and then ultimately, most importantly, how do you build your team? Because the expat yeah. isn't supposed to run the office forever. You just build it up and then you leave. But the process of building a team will usually take months, if not years, uh, yeah. and there's high turnover. So it was a really eye-opening experience. But what was even more eye-opening was just talking to all these amazing entrepreneurs. And I also had the opportunity to work in Nairobi, Kenya, um, and to also be in uh, Buenos Aires, Argentina. So all of these different places wow. where there are tech hubs, I thought it was so inspiring because they worked so hard. There's so much talent everywhere in the world. They had great ideas and their products were amazing. They were, you know, parallel to what I would see in the U.S. and in Silicon Valley, 
But the key difference is they weren't in Silicon Valley because of their physical location and their country of origin. People didn't take them seriously. And they all had this American dream because they felt like if I can go to America, you know, my company can make it. And so that was actually the really beginning inspiration where I pulled the pieces together of my own childhood and my own education and started to really think critically about how can I bridge these global business opportunities and create a tech-enabled solution that actually makes it possible for someone, no matter where they grew up and what language they spoke, to become a global citizen and become a global business person. That's so amazing. And it's like, like the capital, the venture capital capital markets are so deep in the United States. Like nice that it would be nice to tap that the big market, like getting, maybe I'm skipping ahead a little bit too much, but getting companies into the United States or getting entrepreneurs in the United States or being able to at least operate their business is such a, like an amazing vision. Do you want to talk about like, like what Alaris does before I steal your thunder and, and maybe don't say it absolutely correctly? Yeah, I probably should have led with that. That's my, that's my bad. So Alaris is a tech global expansion marketplace. And why we call it a marketplace is because the most important resource on it would be the go-to-market talent uh, based in the U.S. And then we also have payroll and compliance um, all bundled together. So companies can really launch um, their boots on the ground in the U.S. in a matter of days or weeks and start generating revenue and talking to clients immediately instead of the months or even years it used to take them. Yeah. And it's such a great, before we turn on the mics, I we were talking about like, comparable companies and you ha you had a couple that were kind of interesting one of which i worked with back way back in the day but like you want i don't want to steal your thunder on that either yeah so in many ways um i'm sure in the future people will just say we are alaris global yes, but right yes. now since we're a startup it's good to benchmark so we're in many ways like an inverse of upwork or fiverr uh, instead of americans hiring cheap labor abroad we're helping international companies hire skilled americans so it's not about cost arbitrage it's about geographic access and it's win-win. Um, so for example, I grew up in West Bloomfield, Michigan and also in Lubbock, Texas. So places in the US where there's amazing talent, there's just not as many opportunities because a lot of jobs, especially in Michigan, have um, been automated or perhaps have even gone offshore, which has led to a lot of friction and a lot of unemployment. But um, there are amazing schools there. There is Kalamazoo College, there's Michigan State, there's University of Michigan, there's Wayne State where my parents teach. And a lot of that talent will have to physically move to Chicago or New York to find good jobs. But now with Alaris, instead of this mantra of uh, offshoring, it's about reshoring jobs back to the U.S. in a way that Americans are uniquely capable of handling these jobs, because we believe that the future of work is in global and distributed teams, but not for cost arbitrage. It's really about where are there the greatest capabilities what is it that is most future-proof about an American? And a lot of Americans are really great at sales and marketing and interpersonal relationships. And it's really difficult for a lot of the companies we work with based in India or China or Japan, where it's just a very different sales culture. They don't know how to do sales in the U.S. They have great products. People don't take them seriously because they're too humble. They don't speak the right you know, language or they don't kind of know the cultural norms and nuances of pitching. And rather than having to change themselves or move to a different country, they could actually just build a team and have their representatives in the U.S. really tell the story about how amazing they are. And it, it just feels like a really nice win-win where both sides benefit. I, t I totally agree. It's just giving co like international companies, like we see so much business 
tilting international these days. Like so many foreign founders, what it's not, and it's not just like one region. It's like Latin America, Europe, Asia. Like that's the like cruise is actually our client base is reflecting the trends you're talking about. And then for them to be able to safely and confidently hire a team or a few players in the United States to get their team going. That's like just a gift. Like I, that's why I want to have you on the pod was this like jumped out at me as like, I haven't heard of a company doing what you're doing at all. And it's so innovative and I was just really excited about it. Well, thank you so much, Scott. I I really appreciate the kind words. I do sometimes get asked questions like, well, how could someone in Latin America or Asia or Europe afford an American because our salaries are so high and, you know, the the cost of living is so much higher here. And I said, well, actually, the average American household income is about 76,000 U.S. dollars a year. Like maybe in San Francisco, we don't think that because if you anything below, you know, six figures as an individual, you feel like you're 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 barely able to make it in San Francisco. But it is true that around the U.S., the prices aren't necessarily as high. And at the same time, there's so much capital that has gone into these markets. So um, even American funds like Sequoia Capital just raised a $9 billion fund for China alone that was announced a few months ago and similar things all over all over the world. So there are tectonic shifts happening in the global order. And I think this mantra that talent is universal, but opportunity is not, is now eroding as well, because yes, talent is universal. And they still want to come to the United States to do business, but there is greater access and there are greater opportunities for people to collaborate together virtually because of technology. Well, there's also something you said, which I really believe, which is it's not a cost arbitrage. It's a skill arbitrage. And we see that in our business, like we're always looking for great accountants. And we see that with our clients that we work with. People have money. Like like you said, there's a lot of capital been raised. You're talking on the fund level. But in the VC back startup level, there's billions and billions and billions. Like I think the cruise client base has already raised $2 billion this year, right? That's a lot of money. And a big slice of that money has gone to foreign based companies with foreign founders, right? So it's not like they can't afford it. What they can't afford is hiring the wrong person or they can't afford hiring someone who actually doesn't know how to roll out like a sales launch or a marketing launch in the United States, maybe their future biggest market, right? Because that sets the startup back six to nine months or a year, and all of a sudden you're burning through your cash, right? So it's like when you put that frame that you talked about, it's not a, it's not a cost arbitrage. They just need to hire the right person to get the gears of the company going in the U.S., it makes so much sense to me. Like the capital is there. It's it's the opportunity cost of hiring the wrong person that's scary to these companies. Exactly. I, I should have you do our our sales pitch, Scott. You're no, I get it. I, that's you're, why this is you're cool. better than I am. You should. I should record. Oh, good. It's being recorded. <laughs> I'll, I'll share. Yeah, it. yeah. This is uh, the world. The world. You can just forward them the podcast. No, but I really believe that because because like nothing is more expensive to us just on a very simple basis than someone who we thought was going to be a good accountant and was not a good accountant. Right. You know, like this this is being very simple here and that goes for as it's magnified. If you're hiring like a founding team in, in a country, you know, like there's nothing, I mean, I can't even, it makes my head hurt even just thinking about that. So like, it's not a cost thing. It's, it's finding the person with the skills. Maybe they have the relationships or the um, the knowledge of that industry because it's like a US based thing or something like that. That's what's really valuable. And the United States, 
we're, we're still a very big economy and a, and a powerhouse in tech, but like there, there's a lot of money and a lot of technology companies around the world that have plenty deep pockets who can take advantage of Alaris. Thank you. Yeah, that that's our hope too. And it's also beneficial for the American talent because in the US we see the news about the great resignation, about mm -hmm. you know, workers strikes, about workers just demanding better better standards. And one of the single biggest variables that determine whether or not a worker decides to stay at a company has become whether or not they feel empowered, have yeah. flexible work and and if they feel motivated by their job. Yeah, and that goes hand in hand, because if you're telling someone, hey, you have to physically be in the office so that I can look over your shoulder and make sure you're not moonlighting for someone else, that's inherently a little bit of a lack of trust. And for people past a certain age, you know, I, I have a young child and I'm lucky that I have daycare, but also just coordinating daycare pickup would be so difficult if I had to physically go to South Bay and then get stuck in oh my God. on the way back, yeah. not be able to make it to daycare pickup, or if my husband's out of town for work. It's it's so gratifying and, and relief, and it's a relief for many of the people who work with us. And they'll give these heartfelt testimonials about how valuable remote work is and flexible work. And on top of that, through the Alaris platform, they usually get paid more than they were at their oh, previous job. Um, on average, 30% more actually. And they get a better title because they now get to be, you know, head of North America sales, and they have a lot of autonomy, but we do the hard work of making sure to screen and vet and ensure that everyone on our marketplace, whether it's the clients or the candidates are high quality, have integrity and have the empathy to be able to make this work. Because if you don't have the right mindset to do global business, it is really challenging. Just the yeah. zones alone will be frustrating beyond belief. So that's interesting. So you, yeah, walk me through like the features of Alaris, but it sounds like like screening, actually developing a candidate pool is one of the things you do for, you know, companies that are looking to hire. Exactly. That's why we think of ourselves as a two-sided marketplace because um, our products will bring together both sides. It's a really easy onboarding flow, actually. If you want to sign up as either a candidate or a client or both, just go to Alaris, A-L-A-R-I-S-S.com and you'll see the link to be able to sign up. So once you sign up, you know, we try to make it as streamlined and easy as possible. People can automatically connect via LinkedIn so that candidates don't have to go through that really frustrating, annoying, like, let me just fill out all of my, you know. Yeah, 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 yeah. Experience. 10 years worth of work experience. Let's <laughs> exactly. go here. Yeah. So it's very seamless. And then we'll usually do, um, we'll usually make sure what, if there is a match from the algorithm with existing opportunities, we actually want to make sure that we do a screening call. Um, we'll usually have our own screeners, but the screening call is pretty important because we want to establish right now, since this is just such a critical hire, like you said, Scott, we don't want to fully automate all of it. I don't think that would totally yeah. do justice to the platform because yeah. we are much more of a managed marketplace where we need to ensure mm not just through LinkedIn connections and through the resume and through looking at the social graph or the professional graph of the person, but also just through talking to them directly and getting a feel for their motivations, what makes them tick and why this is something that they're excited about. And it also leads to a more trusting relationship when we do ultimately make the matches. But the product itself is basically kind of like a greenhouse or lever. It's an ATS okay. along with a Calendly slash chili pepper type of product. We had to build our own calendar integration because a lot of the clients we work with, uh, Google is blocked in their countries. So for example, they can't actually integrate with existing SaaS platforms in the US 
um, oh build our own native app that will allow the, that allows us to detect the two different time zones that people are in to give the hours of overlap for business hours that we would suggest that meetings happen. Yeah. There's a asynchronous opt-in and then we send reminders for the meetings and, and the links as well. So we try to, again, reduce friction because sometimes just coordinating a schedule and a time to meet is hard. It's already hard in the US, but it's even harder yeah. when you send the times over and the person's asleep. And by the time they wake up and reply to you, you're asleep. And by the time you see it, you're asleep again and the times no longer work. So we, we try to reduce that. And then finally, we also have our um, payroll and employer record product. Also, yeah. If they wanted to use deal or remote, we work with a lot of EORs, so we don't mind. We try to make it as easy and frictionless as possible so they can integrate with other platforms and they can use ours for just easy onboarding so they can have benefits and compliance taken care of. Because for many of these companies, they're just really focused on how can I build my team and how can I execute? They don't want to learn about U.S. labor law in not just the federal level from the U.S. Department of Labor, but also state laws. They don't want to figure out accounting and registration. So that's why we love referring them to great partners like Cruz, or we can also work with the partners they have already to make it integrate into our platform. Hey, it's Scott Orn at Cruise Consulting, taking a quick pit stop to give some of the groups at Cruise a big shout out. First up is our tax team. Amazing. They can do your federal and state income tax returns, R&D tax credits, sales tax help, anything you need for state registrations. They do it all. And we're so grateful for all their awesome work. Also, our finance team is doing amazing work now. They build financial models, budget actuals, and help your company navigate the VC due diligence process. I guess our tax team does that too on the tax side, but the finance team is doing great work. And then, you know, I think everyone kind of knows our accounting team is pretty awesome, but want to give them a shout out too. Thanks. And back to the guest. You're totally right. Like they, there's a whole education, like a compliance education process that happens because I do those calls a lot with our client base that's based in maybe Europe or Latin America. And it, it's a headache. It's it's a, especially if you're starting from scratch and it's in the whole state versus federal thing. It's a lot of work. So that's really amazing that you can help them with that. There's something else you said that was I thought was really good, like the managed marketplace approach and how you're screening and talking to the candidates and making sure there's a cultural fit. That seems really smart to me. Also, just from a because you're kind of selling Alaris, like you're you're doing this like onboard, you know, trust Alaris, trust us. And even that person isn't perfect for that position they were interviewing for i'm assuming you can use them for other things or exactly. so i think that's a really good investment in like you're probably must be learning so much in those conversations yeah i i was saying to one of our south african clients today because he was giving me a, a little bit of a window into south african labor law when we were teaching him about american labor law he's like oh it's so different and we kind of did this like comparison and i said i feel like i'm nerding out like i'm back in school again yeah. taking like a comparative yeah. politics class it's just a lot of fun because I learned so much from our clients and I learned so much from the candidates because we also talk to people based in Kentucky and Maine and Michigan, Ohio, Texas. It's like the full gamut, Hawaii as well. And there are really, you know, just incredible people out there in the world. And it's such a miss to only work with people who are within your immediate geography. I know. We, we felt like at Cruise, we, were, we started doing remote probably four years ago. And that's how we felt too. We were like... Basically for us, it was a little bit of a challenge to build our processes in a way that could scale so that we could be remote. And we finally just took it upon ourselves to do that. But it opened up so many opportunities and we, we're very fortunate. We have so many amazing people working here 
who are in a geography that doesn't lend itself to startups, but it's, it's literally exactly what you're doing. Like it's the exact same thing, but they're great people, super knowledgeable, smart and do a great job. And so I'm excited for the rest of the world to, to experience what we're experiencing at Cruise in, in hiring across the United States, you know, it's, and also I think I'm sure like handling the payroll and making sure benefits and all kinds of stuff is done. I'm sure that like increases the, the matching rate or the sell rate or the acceptance rate. I'm, I don't know what exactly you call it, but for those people, cause they're probably like slightly nervous. They're like, Oh, this is a foreign company. Right. Are they going to be able to figure this stuff out? But knowing that Alara, it's like almost like the stamp of approval from Alaris makes it. So the acceptance rate must go way up. Exactly. Well, just like any marketplace, we think that our role is really is, you know, enabling and just, promoting the best work for our the clients and the candidates who are both you know customers of ours on the platform so yeah. the marketplace includes of course embedded trust security branding so a lot, many of these companies they have tried they cold outreach someone on linkedin yeah. and then a person yeah. gets you know a random message from well linkedin by the way is blocked in china but some people can use vpns they might message and someone's like oh i got this random message from a chinese person and the english is not correct it seems kind of sketchy i've never heard of them before we have no mutual contacts everything about this just seems a little bit off and this might be one of the best known companies in china but again you can't yeah. google them because google's also blocked so there is inherently a matter of trust and screening where we say we can vouch for this company we understand the local market we've worked with their investors we know that these are top founders and top people um, and we can vouch for them. And then separately, there's also on the American side, because many of these companies, this is a huge investment for them. They don't want to mess up. Like you said, the cost is so oh. detrimental. And it's also bad for their brand in the U.S. if they yeah. hire someone who ruins it. So we have to provide that trust and security. And of course, the escrow payment and the payroll, um, because it's it's a little bit like, OK, I can quit my job, but how do I know I'll get paid? or some companies don't realize how fast things move in the U.S. market because like in India, for example, notice periods are two months. Yeah, I know that actually, yeah. Notice, so. Yeah, there is no, there's, yeah. Well, also like the the escrow and making sure they're, the people are gonna, like they know they're gonna get paid. That's a real value add too. That was actually, I like I said, I used to work with Upwork and that escrow was actually one of the major hooks early on with Upwork. Like the, it's, it's amazing that you've already built it because I actually know how hard that was to construct. So you building that gives the person who's doing the work a lot of security and know, and they know they're going to get paid, which is amazing. I, I think your point about like, hey, a, a person in the U.S. has a hard time researching a, a company in China or anywhere in Asia or whatever – in, or maybe Latin America, they don't speak Spanish, yeah. you know, like there's, there's so many opportunities, like you're, that's a really nice value add. Like I can see how these companies would be so thrilled with Alaris. Thank you. Well, we, we hope so. We have a lot of testimonials of companies that have worked with us. It's just really gratifying for us to be able to accelerate their ambitions because as we look at them and when we go through our process of talking to them and deciding whether or not to accept them onto the platform, one thing that has just always struck me is just how talented these entrepreneurs and founders and executives are and how how much I just want to give them the platform that they deserve. And it's like I said, for the Americans, it's the same thing. Just because they are living in you know suburban Michigan, 
doesn't mean they shouldn't be getting a great salary as someone who might be living in San Francisco if they're doing the same work. I totally agree. And like uh, when you talk about the entrepreneurs, I feel the same way because that's one of the reasons I love my job is I get to work with like amazing entrepreneurs every day. And it's like, you just need to add the right couple people to it. Like I'm almost thinking of like baking or a good drink or something like that. Those right couple ingredients coupled with the main, you know, entrepreneur and magic happens, you know, and it's hard. You can never predict what's going to, what companies are going to get those right people. And the mix is perfect, but it happens all the time. And it's, you're, you're in this amazing matchmaking business here but it has huge implications or beneficial implications for the people in the U S who are taking these jobs and the companies that can get into the United States and hire really, really qualified people and expedite their process as well. Totally. Well, thank you for the, the validation, Scott. It means. Yeah, my pleasure. I'm, I'm kind of giddy about it. Well, I should, I need to respect your time. So uh, maybe you could tell everyone where to find Alaris, how to reach out if they're interested, whether they're on the uh, employment side we're on the company side looking to hire. Maybe, I don't know if there's two different approaches or how do how do people get in touch? You can just come to our website, alaris.com, A-L-A-R-I-S-S.com. Alaris is actually a Latin word. It means auxiliary cavalry because we want to support your troops as you enter new markets. Ah. And so if you're a client or a candidate, you can sign up. You can also reach out to us on Twitter. It's at Alaris Global. We have a LinkedIn page. We have other social media pages. And you could also reach out to me directly. Um, my email is Joyce at Alaris.com. I love it. Joyce, super cool. Thank you for taking the time. I'm very excited about Alaris. And uh, folks, check it out. This is a really good idea. Hopefully you can take advantage of it. All right, Joyce, thank you. Thanks, Scott. Bye. So when your troubles are mounting in tax or accounting, you go to cruise. Founders and friends. It's Cruise Consulting. Founders and friends with your host, Scotty Scotty.